Welcome back to another Nurein episode. Um, I'm Asil and sitting across from me is Sumaya. And today we are going to be talking about sabr or patience as most people define it. Um, but the word itself in Arabic, it's it has so much depth that it's kind of difficult to put one single like English word like to define it as. Um, so this concept can be defined as patience, which is what we're going to be talking about today, but it can also be defined as perseverance, having constancy, um, etc. So today we're just really going to be talking about how to strengthen your patience, why is this concept so incredibly important in Islam. I mean, there are countless of hadith on this concept as well as ayat in the Qur'an um, talking about patience and who is patience usually um, associated with, etc., etc. Before we begin, I think it's important to note that um, this concept of patience, building patience, I once heard somebody, I believe it was Yasmin Mugahed, she said that building patience was like a spiritual muscle, right? In order to build it, you have to have, like, it's like going to, say, a personal trainer and telling them you want to get super strong, you want to get, you know, fit, muscular, whatever your goal is. What are they going to do? They're going to add on weight. They're not going to take off weight. And so that's what this concept of building patience is. It's sometimes, like, you have to put pressure in order to, in order to, um, grow and and reach your f- full potential. It's also important to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that he loves those who are patient, but he also loves those who trust him. So patience and this concept of trust go hand in hand. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of giving an overview of all the points that will be made in this episode. Um, and then with that, when you, when you recognize that, you'll also see that having the sense of patience, the semblance, it doesn't only happen during times of hardship. I think if anything, patience, um, scholars have pointed out that there is really three times you really, really use patience in your life. And it's patience during the time of ease, patience during hardship, and then patience as a way of life through all of it. Um, And so I think that's what we're going to talk about today. And so to start off this conversation, I'm going to go ahead and ask Sumaya. um, Let's start off with this concept of patience that I feel like people tend to neglect and and ignore is patience in times of ease. so what does that mean to you being patient even when your life is easy? How do you harness that? What is the Islamic approach to that specific type of patience? So I think that when it comes to slabid, when it comes to patience, we have to recognize, as Asil kind of alluded to, that it's not just the patience by itself, right? You can't necessarily be patient in the manner that we are speaking of. And that's something else I kind of want to clarify Islamically, when we talk about patience, and a lot of people have this misunderstanding, which is the main reason why I really wanted to make an episode about this, a lot of people, when they think about patience, they think about just wait, you know, Um, like just wait, a lot of parents tell their kids just be patient, Um, and although that is one of the connotations of the word, and yes, it can mean to wait, it doesn't mean that it is without action or that it is some sort of mindless waiting. So a lot of people oftentimes misinterpret slabid and patience in an Islamic context. If they're going through something really difficult in their life and someone tells them, make sure you're patient, a lot of people tend to think that that means I'm just going to sit there and wait. And 
to a lot of people that seems like something that they don't necessarily want to do. It's something that they don't think would help. It can be super misinterpreted by like non-Muslims who are like, well, why would you tell someone to just have patience as if that's the only solution? Um, but what we really have to understand is that being patient does not mean that you just sit there. Being patient does not mean that you're just waiting for some sort of miraculous things to happen in your life. Being patient has a huge element of tawakkul and trusting in Allah, trusting in Allah's plans. It has a huge element of believing in decree, believing in the good and the not so good of decree, right? The sweet and the bitter. It has a huge element of knowing who Allah is because if you know who Allah is, you know that he will take care of you and that he will carry you through whatever it is that you're going through. So sabid as a concept, it can't just be a concept by itself. It has to be backed up by so many other elements, right? Like like we said, tawakkul and uh, qadr and um, knowing who Allah is and knowing the examples from the Prophet's stories and knowing the Quran as well. All of these things, that is what sort of builds up a solid foundation for your sabid. When you are going through difficulty, it's not expected for you to just sit there and wait it out, right? Instead, what Allah wants us to do is to take action in whatever way that we can to make our situations better, right? That is first and foremost. You should absolutely take action and you should do what you can, but Patience means that you do all of that with Allah in mind, that you do all of that knowing that whatever is meant to happen for you will happen, knowing that whatever happens is best for you. Um, and it's not just you sitting there and, and waiting, right? It's not just, oh, be patient and that's it. But that's how a lot of people take it. Um, it's acting to whatever capacity that you can, but also knowing that you need to put your trust in Allah, knowing that you need to call upon Allah in dua, knowing that you're doing what you can, but ultimately all of the decisions lie with Allah and he will pave the best pathway for you. Um, so when it comes to patience during times of ease, this is something else because a lot of people think that you can only really be patient in times of, of, of hardship. And I think that's when our patience is tested most, right? When things are a little bit more difficult. But like I said, you can't grow and you can't make your patience um, stronger unless you're really put through situations that test that. When it comes to times of ease, I think that patience is just living out your Islam every single day. Knowing, again, what your end goal is, knowing who you're trying to please, and going about your day with that as the forefront. Like, that is what your concern is. That is what you are working towards every single day. Um, you know, when there's not any sort of active hardships, it can be very difficult to think about being patient. But as we've mentioned in earlier episodes, it is during these times of ease that you want to be building up your sort of spiritual immune system, which is a reference to Yasmin Mugahid's book, um, Healing the Emptiness. So during those times of ease, it's so important to do a lot so that you can have a more strong spiritual immune system when you are hit with difficulty. But something else I want to mention is that you're never going to have times that are just easy and then times that are just difficult. 
So I think it's very hard to answer that question because there's not really a distinct separation, Mm -hmm. you know, because you can have, I mean, all of us, we can think back to like an easy day, but maybe there was something in the day that was a little bit hard, you know, or you think back to times of difficulty, but there was a lot of eases in there as well. Um, So I think it's, it's about, it's about balance at the end of the day. And it's about having a strong enough um, mindset that is embedded in your religion to where you know, even those fluctuations of good and not so good times, like they don't, they don't cause that much distress, I guess, if that makes sense. No, I completely understand that. And I think I'm going to take a slightly different approach. One that's because when, at least when I'm thinking of patience and ease, right, I'm thinking more of the type of patience that you're exhibiting for that. I feel like, like Sumeya said, she made a really good point that there is, there's no such thing as like a perfect day. And then a like, there's, there's, it's your, every single day has its bumps. It has its highs and its lows, but some parts of your life, you know, like how we always say there are your amen highs and your amen lows. There are some parts of your life where you just feel like the patient patience is, I mean, not patience. Well, I'm using the wrong word. Um, the ease is more consistent versus other right. times in your life when the hardship is more consistent. And I think something we have to realize is that comfort is the true test of patience. Mm. Um, and what I mean is that like when you're being patient during these quote unquote times of ease, it's more of being patient in holding back your desires. It's more of being patient with the things that you're given, with the gifts that you're given and not overstepping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's bounds. You know what I mean? Say you have been blessed with a lot of wealth, right? What are you going to do with it? Right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be patient and and sort of keep like somebody was talking about goals and this is extremely important. Our ultimate goal is Jannah. Our ultimate goal is to do well on the day of judgment and have an eternity of bliss, right? So are you going to spend that wealth against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for you to do with it? You know, that's what that's what that patience means. It's really controlling your desires and holding yourself back. Um because you want to be able to, you don't want to depend on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's gifts. You want to depend on him for he's mm-hmm. the one that gives these gifts. And I think that's something that's really important to recognize when we're talking about this, this concept of patience. And I was going to mention this when we were talking about hardship, but I guess this could apply now. Um, patience isn't something that's in, intrinsic. It's not something that you can just like, that is embedded within a human b- being. We were created in haste. We are, we are impatient creatures. It's part of our nature, right? I think, at least I think this, that patience is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to strive to achieve patience. And when you strive, like Samaya was saying, and you put in that effort, you will be given the gift of patience. And I think that's one of the most beautiful gifts that you can have, right? Because there's a, um, there's a quote from like, I don't remember where I heard this from, but it was like, um what was it faith and patience is like the the head and body of a bird or something like that like you can't have faith without having patience and i think that's something that's really true is that they're interlocked sumaya is talking about this concept of god consciousness um and taqwa really it's what drives your patience it's what it's what gives you that reason to keep going. It's what gives you that reason to be motivated, to strive for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to, to not necessarily wait like she was saying, but to realize that the true reward is not given in this life. Right. Right? So being patient with yourself, 
during these times of ease and remembering that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the disposer and giver of all of these things and that he is the one that's going to bless you, not necessarily the gifts that he's already given you. Um, so that's kind of my take on it whenever you're talking about patient, the type of patience that you utilize during these times of ease. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think that when it comes to, and we know this, and this is a parable that's given many times in the Quran, when we are, uh, you know, going through these, these difficulties, we are more so calling out in desperation. Mm-hmm. And that's how we are. You know, we, we tend to feel like we really need a law more when, when there's something weighing down on us, something that's hurting us. So that patience during that time really can come out of a place of, of desperation. Um, but I really like how you mentioned that the real test is in the times of comfort. Um, because just like this example that's mentioned in the Quran many times, Allah says that once we relieve these people of their afflictions, once we give them what they asked for, they just go back to forgetting. Mm-hmm. They forget, they forget, you know, Allah, they forget the blessings, and they act as if they never were begging Allah for that relief. Um, with everything that's been going on in the world recently, um, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to live through a literal genocide. Mm -hmm. And I am just watching everything unfold on my phone screen. And that can help you. I mean, that, that can make you feel very helpless. But I do look at these people and then I look at my life and I'm like, honestly, I have the bigger test. And I don't mean that in the physical sense. Like, again, I'm not trying to sit here and say that I understand what it's like to have bombs being dropped on your entire place of living and you're losing family members here and there, friends here and there. But genuinely, these people, like, their victory is so near. And I don't necessarily mean a victory of this world, but they have had thousands of shuhada. That is a victory in and of itself. And even, honestly, I I don't know, but I really feel like even those people that might not actually die... I still think they're shuhada, like, for having to live through what they lived yeah. through. But when you're in those times, it's a lot easier, I think, to worship more. Because you're so desperate for a relief. But when you're comfortable and you have all these blessings, it's like, okay, Allah gave you all of this. And Allah's saying, I gave you all of this. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the comfort of your bed? What are you going to do with, again, like I said, I was saying the money, the food, all of this stuff. So I've been realizing that really they are, in a way, they're the lucky ones. And again, I would never want to be put in that situation, of course, but they really are the lucky ones. And you see how strong their faith is. And it's because of everything they've had to go through. When we're living in comfort, we tend to forget. We tend to put our faith on the back burner um, and then only really start worshiping when we really want something or we really need something or we're hurting so bad. So I think that it is definitely two different types. I think one is born out of sort of desperation in a way, but also if it's an ongoing thing like we've been seeing, that just I think comes from literally having been built up, like you're chosen for that special type of patience. Um, And then for the rest of us, when we're going, we're really living in comfort and we can't even compare our hardships to a lot of other people's hardships, you know, alhamdulillah. But it's a test of, okay, are you going to persevere on this path? 
because it's so easy to forget and it's so easy to fall short and it's so easy because falling short is not the problem if you react you know well afterwards it's falling off the bandwagon Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to do that when you live in this society when you live in a place that is so focused on the individual right you are doing everything you are what's making everything happen for yourself it's so easy to lose sight of what's actually important so that's just something like I've been realizing too like I think I have the bigger test yeah you know that actually that plays into a hadith that I really wanted to mention you're talking about this concept of those who have been have been through these atrocities that you can never you can never even imagine like, you, you could never, you weren't put there for a reason. It's because I really think that the reason why those of us who aren't living through it, it's because we wouldn't be able to handle it. Our souls were not made to withstand that. But I look at these people and I watch these videos and sometimes, like, I'll have to, I, I, I want to put the phone away and then I'm like, I feel like I, I don't even have the right to do that because I'm, I'm in my own house. Right. I'm living in this discomfort and even though yes we all experience our own level of hardships and we are not diminishing anyone's hardships whatsoever and we all have to exhibit different forms of patience um and perseverance um you see these things and it's like and it's like these people have a level of iman uh, iman not imam iman that you have never seen before in a people they, they exhibit this level of faith and certainty in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Little yes, children, yes. kids, you know, saying subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, as bombs are going off. You know, I saw a video of, and I'm, I'm not going to get too into it because then I feel like Samaya and I are both going to get super emotional. But like, yeah. um, like the unwavering like strength that these people have in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through their grief, through everything that they're going through, the destruction and the violence and the death. I mean, they're still standing, praying in congregation, praying together, and the imam doesn't even stop as bombs are being put off, thrown in the distance. Doesn't even stop. I mean, like, what what, what about us? Like, if, if we were in a building, and then, like, I don't know, you look up all something, something happens, something, like... You would run. Yeah. Absolutely. But these people, they have, their souls were made for this, and they know that this is a situation that they have been put in, and they are taking it as a gift from their Lord. And I think that's something that we really... Um, we need to reframe the way we look at hardship. We need to understand why we were given hardship and why hardship was even created in the first place. But And I have a couple of hadith about that. But before I go into that, there is a scene on the Day of Judgment. And essentially, it's a scene between those who have faced immense, immense hardship in this life and those who had a general comfort of ease in their lives. Like, I'm not like an easier life compared to these other people. And so... Those that um, those that had the easy easier life are seeing the comfort and the mercy that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is giving to those that went through the immense calamities. He he, they see um, how he elevates these people, and they wish that they could come back in this life and cut their skins to pieces with scissors, because that comes to show that that you know it's because they recognize Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will continue to reward those with patience without any limit. There is no limit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And I think that's something we have to remember. There is another hadith that goes something along the lines when we're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And I think that's something that when we're striving to be patient, that's a concept we really need to keep in mind. Right. That's something we constantly have to remind ourselves of. Because if we don't, it can be really difficult to, to even realize why you're being patient in the first place. But there's a hadith that goes along the lines of 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, he created everything, and then he created essentially like a hundred portions of mercy. Mm-hmm. And he saved 99 portions of them for the day of judgment. And then he let one portion of his mercy onto this earth. Just one. And I mean, like, think about that. Think about the immense amount of mercy you're going to, inshallah, inshallah, receive on the day of judgment after you went through the trials and tribulations that you went through, after you went through those times of ease with patience and, and this this concept of taqwa and God consciousness. You know, just think, like, like the God who showed mercy to Ibrahim in the fire, you know, who returned, found a way to return Musa just as a way of, of comforting his mother, his grieving mother, essentially. All of these different prophet stories, and, and, and even in your own life, look at the Absolutely. mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown you. Look at that, and that should be your motivation to continue to be patient. That should be your motivation to continue to strive. Um, and And so just really just thinking about that end goal, um, so yeah, I'll stop talking and then I have more to say. About <laughs> no, I think that that, that is what allows you to be patient is knowing your end goal, right? Yeah. When you know that Jannah is your eternal home, inshallah, and you're striving for that, that is what allows you to say, even though this hurts me here, I know that there is a place where I am trying to go. Yeah. And if I'm really serious about getting there, then I have to endure. And um, I just found something that I wrote, and I wanted to read it off. So basically, I was talking about how in the Quran, patience is emphasized so many times. And I said, in Islam, patience does not mean that one should not react. Patience does not mean that one should cause their heart to harden. Rather, those who are patient recognize the importance of a heart that is soft to the remembrance of Allah. They are those who immediately thank Allah at the first strike of calamity, and they seek out ways of improving their current situation through the tools that Allah has provided. Allah tells us that the patient will be rewarded with a reward unlike any other, because they were thankful through both the ups and the downs, and they never lost hope in Allah's endless mercy. Instead, they work to earn more of this mercy, even during times of extreme hardship. And I think that it's so important to recognize that, just as I was saying in the beginning, this concept of just wait it out, just be patient. Um, a lot of people, they think that that they have to sort of harden their hearts and become very emotionless and just get through, you know? But I think that the real patience is knowing that your heart shouldn't harden. It should continue to soften. Um, And that you shouldn't become this sort of shell of a person, right? And that's what we see happen so often to people when they go through things is they become sort of a shell of themselves or they become just so depressed or they go down this downward spiral. And typically these people are not Muslim, And I'm not saying anything, obviously, like Muslims can definitely suffer from a lot of mental health issues Mm -hmm. because we're human at the end of the day. But you see the strength of a Muslim person versus a non-Muslim person, and it's not out of nowhere. And I don't even want to say Muslim versus non-Muslim. I want to say people of faith versus people who reject faith. Because you tend to see that people that have faith, even if they're Christian or whatever, like if they're practicing, they have a lot of that fortitude. They have a lot of strength and they are able, they're they're more equipped to handle what they're going through because they believe in something bigger than them. Again, they have that goal in their mind, 
right? They have that goal of this is where I'm trying to get through. This, this is what I'm trying to get to. And the only way to is through, right? <laughs> so um, I think that was just something that I found that I wanted to read off. But patience is not hardening your heart, becoming soulless and emotionless and just going through. It's actually about more so softening your heart and being in the service of other people and using what Allah has given you. Because like Asid said, those gifts, like they can be taken away at any moment. Those blessings, they can be removed from your life. So you don't rely on the physical blessing, but you rely on the one who provides those blessings, the bestower of gifts. Um, When you have, again, Allah as your focus, it's much easier for you to get through because you're re- you're relying on on something other than just yourself. You can only take so much. So, I think like just as an example, if someone was to lose their job, right? They lost their job and someone and someone tells them, "Just just have patience." That does not mean that this person is going to sit there and not look for any new jobs and not do anything else to maybe help his resume. He's going to sit at home and he's going to sulk and he's going to drink himself into oblivion or he's going to do a bunch of drugs or whatever. A a patient person would be someone who, sure, feels that emotion. I'm, I'm upset that I lost my job. I don't like the fact that I lost my job. What can I do about it? Maybe this person has a family to provide for. I'm going to start applying to all the jobs that I can I'm going to try to pick up just certain projects here and there so I can support my family, especially if it's a if it's a man, he has that duty to his family Islamically. I'm going to maybe um I don't know, try to do certain things that will help me become a more well-rounded candidate, a more um I don't know what the I don't know what the word is, but like a more um qualified. competitive or qualified of yeah. more qualified person. And making that dua and relying on Allah and knowing that if you're doing all of these things, if you are tying your camel and placing your trust in Allah, then an outcome will be made for you. A, a, an opening will be made for you, right? So it's not just sitting there and doing nothing. It's actually reacting to the situation in a manner that's going to help the situation. And with that, having Allah, again, as your main focus. So... I guess I'm just trying to get at more of the heart part of it, where it's like you're not really supposed to just harden and and that's it. And just be like, I can't take anything anymore because... You know what I mean? Like, people yeah. are like that. I'm like, you see movie characters, just, like... I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. No, but even just, like, the really, like, mean yeah. people that have, like, all of this trauma underneath. And they've gone through so much and they just right. can't feel anymore. Exactly. And, like, there's nothing... <laughs> Like, I'm going to, like, I guess give a disclaimer, and then I have a point to say. But, like, there is nothing wrong with not being a super emotional person. I really don't think that at all. Like, I used to be like that. Like, 100%. Like, I wasn't the type that um, would, you know, just, like, get super emotional over seeing things. Like, yeah, okay, I would feel for that person or I would feel for that situation. But it wouldn't, like, impact me, like, on a day-to-day basis. You know what I mean? And so... I don't think that necessarily not being a super emotional person doesn't mean you don't have like this, like that you have a hard heart. It's more of just like you portray your emotions differently and that's perfectly okay. And some people can see through that and other people's can't, other people can't. Um, it's when you literally can look at something and not care and not, you know, you, you really only focus on yourself because you've been through so much. I feel like that's a really selfish mindset. Yes. Um, and so I think there's a distinction. So if you're that type of person, it's just like, well, I don't really get emotional. Does that mean I have a hard heart? That's not the case at all. You know what I mean? Um, it's more of just like, 
if you don't care about anybody else because of what you have been through, then that's a problem and you should probably check that out. I just want to so, like yeah. piggyback off that point just really quickly. Yeah. For sure, if you're not someone who is like a big displayer of your emotions, yeah. that does not equate a hard heart. But also I think a lot of people look at emotionality as like a negative thing too. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why are you so emotional? Why are you always crying? Like, you know, almost like in, a, in, an, in an admonishing sense. And this is something I was talking about earlier in class today, actually, but a lot of people will push push away the feeling and the emotion, and especially in academia, and they're like, you know, there's no room for feeling, there's no room for emotion in an academic setting, there's no room for all of that stuff, it needs to be taken out, but I, I really think that that is where passion is born from, when you can see the passion, when you can see the emotionality, when you can see the feeling, that's what allows for a person to shine. That's what that's what allows for a person's strength to really come through. So in a lot of cultures and societies, emotion is seen as like this negative thing. But personally, and again, this is not a um, 100% like causal relationship because again, you can have a you can have a person who's not very emotional, but but they, they don't, that doesn't mean that they have a hard heart, but I, I really think that emotionality is a sign of a soft heart, truly. When you, when, when those things do affect you deeply, even if it's not you, um, when you are emotional at the remembrance of a law, when your heart is affected and, and that, you know, that you can't help but, but have that make you emotional, I think that that is the sign, one of, one of the signs of a soft heart. Again, it doesn't equate, because I'm not going to say, this and 100% that. No, of course not. Everyone is different. But um, I I do that I that I like to make a lot is just like asking Allah to always keep my heart soft and to genuinely always keep me emotional. Like sometimes I'm like, why am I so emotional? But I think that that's a blessing. So yeah, yeah. I always say this and I say this. Okay, I don't know if I always say this, but I definitely have referenced this in other episodes. But a quote that I found during Ramadan that I absolutely love and it's it goes something along the lines of like, how can you tell when your heart is alive? It's when you react to the words of Allah and when you feel them. And it reminds me of an ayah where it says, um, those who believe in wh- whose hearts find comfort in the remembrance of Allah, surely in the remembrance of Allah do hearts find comfort. Yes. Um, and so I think that's like, if we're going to be talking about this whole emotion thing, if you are moved in some way um, by the words of Allah, by the remembrance of Allah, then you do have a soft heart. You do have a heart that's emotion that 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 is susceptible to two things. You you know what I mean. You don't have a hard heart. So I think that's like, like Samaya was saying, like that's really the test of, um, test of that. So that was kind of a little bit of a tangent. I know, I'm like I don't even know what this episode I, I is about even, anymore. <laughs> um, but going back to patience because that's what this episode is about. It's supposed to be about. It's okay. Sometimes <laughs> we do that, but it, it's all beneficial. Inshallah. You were talking about how you react to situations and um when you have patience and you made you made the link of how like the people we're not generalizing here but like a lot of the time when you see people who just feel like they can't take anymore and this and that and they are not patient with what they are they have been given and stuff it's usually people that have been immensely blessed in this life but they haven't been given the blessing of faith and the blessing of having a susceptible heart to to God's words, or their their heart, their eyes are blind, or their hearts are blind. Right. That's switching Both, it up. Honestly. But honestly, at this point, <laughs> and so I was thinking about it, and I'm really thinking patience is a way of life. Like you, you can't fake it. 
you can't fake this concept of patience. Sure, you can put on a smile behind closed doors, but you really know what your heart feels. You know, um, it's a state of heart and mind. And regardless of how, like, regardless of how hard the wind is blowing, regardless of the turbulence that you're facing in your life, whether it's, you know, smooth sailing or it's just a lot, there, there's peace in our minds. That's what patience is supposed to be. It's supposed to be feeling that inner tranquility, even when you feel like things are falling apart because you're relying on Allah. We always say that, you know, being Muslim and Islam, it's not just, it's more than just a religion. It's a lifestyle. Absolutely. And like we were, like we were saying earlier, faith and religion, um, faith and patience go hand in hand. And therefore, that's why I feel like I can justify it when I say that patience really is a way of life. It's, it, it is. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is with, with the ones who are patient. And just thinking about this concept of patience, it really has an impact on your life. It's not a theory. Like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you, it doesn't matter who is against you. Everything will become a gift. Your hardships will become a gift. Your ease will become a gift. Everything that you are given, you will be able to change your perspective on it once you have embraced this way of life of patience. Um, the one who is pleased with Allah will will be pleased. The one who is pleased with Allah, I wrote this a while ago, but the one who is pleased with Allah will 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 be the will then find him in the pleasure of Allah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and the one who this is a hadith, by the way, and the one who is displeased with Allah for him is the displeasure of Allah. And so I was just really thinking about it. Like that's the like the attitude of victimization almost. We can never feel helpless if we are true to Allah because we see the deeper side as to what is happening. Even if we can't, like we know there is a deeper side as to what is happening. Even if we can't see it in the moment. Even if you feel like you're in that tunnel and you just you're you're just walking completely mindless and not necessarily mindless but you don't have any sense of direction you feel like you're lost but you know that you are trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you know you're gonna get through and you're gonna keep walking like Samayo was saying you're not just gonna stand there and hope that something that's happening because like let's think about this logically right if you were literally in a tunnel and it's dark and you don't know which way to go are you gonna get anywhere by just standing there and say yeah Allah like like help me find my way like is that gonna do anything for you no, you have to walk and trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is leading you in the right direction. And even if you hit a dead end, that's okay. You turn back around and you find your other way. That's that's this concept of patience. That's how you embed patience into your everyday life. Um, and there is a quote from a book. Which book was it, Samaya? I don't know what uh, the quote a, is. A, t- <laughs> a temporary gift. Oh, I think it's like on yes. the... Hold on. I think it's like either like like page 138 or 139, I don't remember, I didn't write that down, but I think it's like 138, and it says, patience doesn't follow you, if you turn your back on it for a moment, it will evade you, you cannot simply be patient, it's not something that can ever be fully achieved, it's a battle that must be fought daily, so I was really thinking about that, I was like, that's true, like I was saying earlier, patience is a gift, it's not something that you are, it's necessarily embedded within you, Um, it's something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted to some people more than others, and you have to hold on to it, you know, just like with your faith, it can leave you, you know, because I feel like it's so much easier to follow our desires. It's so much easier to go down the path that will lead you to Jahannam. Honestly, like the path to, to hell is, is laced with all of these beautiful things. That's not where you want to go. Patience, honestly, it will take you if you really want to be patient and you want to want to get a sense of that patience in your life. You're going to be led down that path that has trials and tribulations. You're going to be down that led down that path that is not always easy, that has its highs and lows, that it has a hill, an uphill and a downhill. But you're doing it for what? 
You're doing it so you can get to Jannah, inshallah. You're doing it so you don't ever have to feel that sense of hardship again. That's what your goal is. That's what you're striving for with this sense of patience. But as soon as you neglect it, it's going to be really hard to get back. So I think that's just something that we also have to really keep in mind when we're thinking about patience as a way of life. I think, you know, you mentioned um, that faith can leave you and patience can leave you. And I don't, I don't think that that is true. I Mm -hmm. think that you leave patience and you leave faith, right? Because it's never that it's not there anymore or Allah's not there anymore or whatever. It's that you're choosing to turn away. Yeah. So that's something that you have to keep in mind as well is is what is your focus? And I I keep bringing it back to that. What is your focus? Because if you lose sight of your goal you know, it's, you're, you're going down a completely different path. Even if you think about it in a, in a worldly sense, if you have a goal of a certain degree and you start to make decisions that are just completely against your goal, it's just going to be putting you back, right? This is just setback after setback because you lost sight of your own goal mm-hmm. and you're not as motivated to work for it anymore because something else seemed more appealing to you in that moment. And it's never too late, and I think we say this in, like, all of our episodes as well, is that even if you lost sight of your goal, even if you lost sight of that focus, um, again, it's not that the the patience and the religion and stuff leaves you, it's that you left it. But yes. just like you left it, you can come back to it. Um, and as, you know, we've been talking for the past however many minutes, um, I realize that you really can't talk about patience without talking about Jannah. Um, or even Jahannam, really. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's about that, that goal. And that reminded me of, um, of Sumayya and Yasir and Ammar and, you know, radiallahu anhumah, all of them. But one time, in the very early stages of the da'wah, and this is in Mecca, right, the three of them were being tortured. And they this was something that was, was a very... Um, real thing for them and Mm -hmm. for a lot of other early converts to Islam at the time. They're being openly tortured, right, where everyone can kind of see. And the Prophet, he walks by them one time being tortured. And at this point, he can't do anything. He really can't do anything. It's super early stages of the Dawah. He has no power to do anything. But as he walks by them, he says, صَبْرًا آلَ يَاسِرٍ مَوْعِدُكُمُ الْجَنَّةِ he says, be patient, O family of Yasir, for your reward and your ultimate, essentially, place of, um, well, I don't know, how do you explain that? Like, your ultimate home, essentially, yeah. is is paradise. Um, and that is something that is so powerful to me when I think about this, con- this concept of patience, is you can't speak about patience without knowing what your patience is leading to. And that's the reason why all of those people in the early days of Islam were able to handle that torture. A lot of them died. And that's the truth. A lot of them died because of this torture, but it wasn't a sad death. I think that's what we have to remember, too. With everything going on in the world, it can be so sad and it's just so uh, infuriating and it makes you feel so, I don't know, like a mixture of emotions. You feel so disgusted and horrified and scared and so incredibly sad and so enraged at the same time but (laughs) I just like choked (laughs) but um it's not a sad death because because of that patience 
right? The Prophet literally comforted them by telling them, be patient because your reward is paradise. You know? Mm -hmm. And when you know that, when you know, okay, I'm going to be patient because my reward is paradise, then that makes the entire thing so much easier. And it makes this um, this life that we're living, you, it makes you realize that it's not the ultimate abode, right? Like, you're not meant to be here. And all of these things, again, it's fortification for the Muslim. You know, you can... You know, you can do whatever, but either way, I win if I have my faith. Yeah. You know, you can you can kill me, but then I'm a shaheed and I'm going to paradise. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can't you can't beat the Muslim. You really can't. Even if you do in a worldly sense, even if you you tear somebody down in a worldly sense, if that person is Muslim, they know where they're going, and because of that patience, they're able to endure, and they're going to Jannah, and they know that, uh, or you know, at least they have a lot of hope in that yeah. in that and that mercy of, of Allah. Um so it's also very important to recognize that. Yeah. No, I think that's really beautiful. I mean like and the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforts these people as well and what he tells them after, you know, at once the believer passes, you know, it, they're all words of comfort and you know, you're you're giving glad you're you've been given glad tidings and I think something else important that is important is whenever we're thinking about this eternal home right there is an ayah that stood out to me and I'm and that when you were talking so I, I brought up the translation but it's in Surah Tanah, the 97th ayah and it goes whoever does righteousness whether male or female while he is a believer we will surely cause him to live a good life and we will surely give him give them their reward in the hereafter according to the best of uh, uh, the best of what they used to do and so I remember reading like a tafsir about this one time and scholars point out that in this life you get contentment but the true reward is in the hereafter. Allah has made the home of the hereafter the place where he gives us um, his reward to the believing servants because this realm does not does not fit what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give us. It does not, it cannot possibly, you know, you live this life and then you die and everything that you have, all the gifts that you could have possibly been given, unless they contributed to your hereafter, anything material is left behind. So if his, if his mercy is without limits and his reward to the good doers is without limits, so those that had patience specifically is without limits, why would he give it to you in a limited world? Yeah. Why would he give it to you in this realm that you leave? You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's something that's really important that we have to keep in mind. And he's honored us by giving us a uh, giving us a, war, a reward in a place that isn't temporary. And so I think that's something that we have to we have to keep in mind. Um, and so we're talking about hardship, and Samaya was also talking about Jannah. But what comes before Jannah? The Day of Judgment, right? And so I was really thinking about it. I was like, how many ways? Like, there are so many ways, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us mercy, us mercy on that day for the ways that he expiates our sins or gets rid of our sins. And part of that is through the hardships that we face. Part of that is not necessarily just through the hardships we face, but how we face those hardships, how we reacted to them, whether or not we decided to, to uphold that sense of patience during those hardships or if we decided to neglect neglect Allah subhanahu wa and and turn to worldly things as a means of trying to f- trying to fix 
what you can't fix alone. Escape. Yeah. It, escapism. I'm telling you, it's a thing. Like, alcohol, when people Absolutely. drink, they do drugs, they do all of these things because they think that those things are going to fix them. Not necessarily that. No, that's not true. I think that they feel like they can never be fixed and therefore, they need to escape from the reality. They have to have temporary fixes. Exactly. Because yeah. that's what it is. It's like, you get high and then, you know, you come back and you Your see life again. Your problem is still there. <laughs> and then you get drunk and... Your problem is still there. Right. You know what I mean? So something that we have to do, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking this as as perspective, right? Yeah. And so first, first of all, hardship is guaranteed. It's going to be given to right. you. Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah that he shall try us with loss, fear, and hunger, and the loss of people, um, but give glad tidings to those who are patient. And then this, this is so relevant to what's going on in the world because they are the ones who tried and, hit and are hit with hardship, and they say... Only, to, uh, only we belong to him and we shall return to him. You know, And so I think that's something you have to realize is that the tide will turn against you. It's inevitable. It's going to happen to each and every one of us. But why is that happening? You know what I mean? We have to understand why that's happening to us in the first place. This, this ayah puts, puts so much into perspective as it sums up our life. It sums up our whole like, okay, you're going to be given things. And some of those things are going to be taken away from you. But you have to remember that you're you're returning to him. Only to him we return. You know what I mean? And when you have that perspective on life, it's so much easier. And there there are so many hadith as to why we have been given hardship. Like so, so many. But like three I want to highlight is is that on the day of judgment, right? Like why, why, why are these things given to us? So, first is that if Allah wants good for his servant, then he hastens his hardship in this world so there is no hardship left in the hereafter, right? So, he wants us to eliminate, the hardships of this world eliminate the hardships of the hereafter. So, you don't have to go through Jahannam. So, you can just go straight to Jannah. Right. You know, so you can pass quickly and get there with ease and the doors open up and the gates open up for you and everything, right? So, you have to realize sometimes you have to go through this temporary hardship in order to have an eternal life of bliss. And then the next one is that the believing men and women will continue to be put through tests and trials with themselves, with their families, with their wealth, with everything that they have until they meet Allah so they don't have a single sin on them. I mean, do you see the mercy of your Lord? Mm. You're not going to see the effects of that mercy right now, but it will be given to you. You know, you're, you, so that way he, he, he wants to... He wants to clean you of all of those sins, you know, because he doesn't want to hurt his servants. Why would he do that? You know, he's the most merciful. Um, and then thirdly, that a person has a station with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he doesn't reach that station by his deeds. So Allah continues to test that person until Allah delivers them to that station that he has intended for them. So hardship expiates hardship. And I was really thinking about that. That is so beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give you a ranking. That no matter how hard you worked, you weren't going to be able to achieve it just by your good deeds alone. You wouldn't have been able to achieve it. So what does he do? He puts you through pain. He tests you. He tests you. So that way he can elevate you. And I think that that's so, so beautiful when you put that into perspective and you realize what, what you're going through is going to be paid off. It's so much easier to be patient. It is. It's so much easier to understand why. And it's so much easier to, to, to take it. You know what I mean? And that's that's another reason why this is a little bit of a tangent, I guess. But Samaya got her tangent, so I feel like I get a tangent. <laughs> but that's the reason why educating yourself is so incredibly important. That's the reason why the path of knowledge is so incredibly important for every believer. You don't need to be knowledgeable only if you have the title of, like, sheikh, right. you know, or mufti. Like, no. Even if you don't ever get the opportunity 
to to achieve one of those titles even if that's not necessarily necessarily your life goal as a believer you have to do more than just pray five times a day in order to be a patient person Mm -hmm. you have to do more than only than you know just do the basic commandments you know you have to do more than that you have to embed it into your lifestyle you have to go out and learn you have to go out and educate yourself it's not just about reading the quran blindly without understanding what it's talking about you know Plenty of us, you know, we can read Arabic. Does that mean you necessarily understand all of it, especially the depth of the Quran? No, you can't. You have to go out and you have to, you have to find tafsir. You have to find commentary. You have to find opinions about the ayat. You have to find hadith that support the ayat. You have to find all these things so you can really understand the essence of what it means to be a true Muslim. What it means to have someone who has this constant sense of patience and the semblance of patience so you can embed it into your life. That's why pursuing a path of knowledge is so incredibly important and i'm not just talking about islamic knowledge i'm also talking about in your day-to-day life you don't ever stop learning right and i feel like like this at least for me the skills that i've learned through everyday academia for college and high school and all of these things they have given me the skills or allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me the skills to be able to learn more about him so don't think that you can't do it he has equipped you through your job through your life experiences, through your work, or I mean, through your schooling, whatever it is, he has given you the tools to go out and learn more about him. You know, you can read, um, like the majority of the population is literate. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you have been given these things, so take advantage of those gifts and he will continue to give you more. And if giving more means giving you hardship, then that's fine, but you take it, you know, and you do well with it and you, and you persevere through it because you know, at the end of the day, It'll all be worth it, inshallah. I think that we also have to recognize that tests are not always what we think they are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Allah's not going to test you with pain and heartbreak and hurt. But he's going to, like we were talking about, he's going to test you with that ease as well. That is a test of you having comfort and all of that stuff. So tests are in various forms. And depending on the person you're going to receive different tests from another person. Sometimes, and this is something I've been coming to the realization of, is that sometimes you might see someone who's hurting and someone who's going through a lot of pain. And sometimes, yeah, that's a test for that person, but sometimes it's also your test. How are you going to help this person? Yeah. How are you going to be there for this person? How are you going to ease some of that burden from that person, lift some of that burden from that person so that you can have your burdens lifted on the day of judgment. Sometimes the test is meant for one person, but another part of it is meant for another person as well. Sometimes that can be the test. Like, okay, I'm not necessarily going through this hardship, but how am I going to react? How am I going to be put at the service of other people? Was this Allah's way of putting me at the service of other people? And when you shift your mindset to that, you realize that um, that it's not just about the hardship itself, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, some people are going to be tested with hardship. Some people are going to be tested with poverty. Some people are going to be tested with wealth. So everything really is a test. Every waking moment. Like, what are you doing with your time? So it's not all just, like, pain and suffering, even though that's what we tend to see as the test and that's it. We just tend to look at the hard stuff and be like, that's my test. And that is a test. But so is, you know, 
the fact that you have a bed and, and food mm-hmm. and, and people surrounding you, all of that is a test by itself. So I just wanted to make that point as well so we can have that very clearly established like 45 minutes into the episode or whatever. 51 um, minutes into Oh, the great. Anyway, um, I wanted to mention one or a couple of, of kind of themes in the Qur'an one theme in the Quran, specifically when we when we're talking about patience, a lot of the time when Allah mentions patience, He also mentions the reward of Jannah. Like I said, you can't really speak about one without speaking about the other, and a lot of the time, Allah like also says that He loves the people who are patient and that He will reward the people that are patient, the people that persevere. Um, one of my favorite ayahs within, I guess, this sort of theme of patience is when Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah. And yes. I think that that is, that is so powerful. Allah says, and seek help through patience and prayer. Both. Again, you can't have patience without having a whole bunch of other elements. Mm-hmm. If you're not connected to Allah, how are you going to have that patience? If you are not um, making an effort to really humble yourself in front of Allah five times a day and more, obviously, because that's just bare minimum. If you're not supplicating to Allah, if you're not having those conversations, how do you expect to be patient, right? So Allah says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ And seek help through patience and prayer. Um, and he says, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَنَ الْخَاشِعِينَ He says, this is indeed difficult, essentially. Um, or it's a more of a burden, right? Except for those who are humble. Yes. So that humbleness, it comes back, right? Knowing that you're not all that there is and that you're not the most superior like race you're not the most superior thing on this world there is something greater than you and that deserves to be worshipped right so the 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 after it also talks about the people who are humble right so it says that those who are certain that they will meet their lord and to him they will return again it all ties back to jannah and to meeting allah like genuinely mm-hmm. you can't talk about patience without talking about those two things as well so Allah tells us to seek help through patience and through prayer and that this is difficult except for the people who are humble, those who know that they're going to meet Allah and that they will return to him. So that's something as well, right? And then we just, you know, talk about that connection between Slabat and all the other acts of worship and all the other principles of our faith. And then also I think you can't talk about Slabat without talking about Prophet Yaqub because he's like yeah. the example when it comes to Slabat. And, you know, something that he says in Surah Yusuf, he says, فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيل um, Essentially, a, have a beautiful patience, right? So that is like, you know, when we, when we think about sabr as, as Muslims, we think about Prophet Yaqub. He's basically saying, I'm left with nothing but this beautiful patience, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we look at his example, Prophet Yaqub was very um, emotional at the loss of his son. Right? So again, it goes back to that. You doesn't have to be a hard heart and a shell of a person. He was very emotional. He cried until he went blind. Mm-hmm. Right? He cried until he went blind. But you see throughout the surah that he never stopped calling upon Allah. And he never stopped taking action. He told his sons to go and to go back and to go back again. Um, and, you know, he says also, and this is a little bit unrelated, but it's not really. He says, um, as well. So he says, I complain of my suffering and my grief only to Allah. Yes. And that doesn't mean that you can't talk to people about things that are going on in your life or that you can't have a therapist because I'm like super not against therapy at all. I think that's great if that's what someone needs. But knowing that you can have all of those things and, and all of those resources and that's a blessing, but also ultimately only Allah is the changer of the situations. 
right? So Prophet Yaqub is like the example when it comes to sabr. Um, and we don't really have that much time to kind yeah. of sit here and dissect all of it, but um, I would say definitely go and read Surah Yusuf and read the translation and try to understand that story because the epitome of patience really is all the prophets because they all went through to, through through trials and tribulations, but especially Prophet Yaqub because he's associated with that sabrun jameel, that beautiful patience. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. I think just one more point to add on to that, that patience doesn't equate to isolation. Right. Patience doesn't equate to to feeling like you have to struggle and rely on yourself and rely on yourself only. Patience doesn't equate to feeling like you have to silence your emotions and what you're going through. That's not the case at all. If anything, you're supposed to call out for help. You know, I gave that that example of like, you know, trying to build muscle, right? What's beautiful about building patience is you don't only have to add weight. You can ask for some of the weight to be taken off. Yeah. You can ask for that help. You know what I mean? All Think of all the prophets. They called upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they knew that when their, what's in their hearts and what's in their tongues are, con- are congruent with one another, that their prayers will be answered and that they will be helped in whatever way was best for them. All right. And I think that's something so beautiful that we, we just, we really have to remember and we really have to recognize is that it's not, it's not only, okay, I'm going to take the hardship and I'm just going to live with it. It's that it's okay to cry. It's okay during those times of patience where it just feels, <laughs> Samaya's like, just go. Cry, like, please. It's okay <laughs> to feel like, you know, some days it's harder to be patient than others. So call upon Allah. Call upon Allah and ask him to take off some of that weight and he will. He will. Like, think about all of those prophet stories. You know, Ayyub, he's calling out in distress. He's going through all of these things. And he is in need of whatever Allah SWT can possibly give him. And so Allah SWT grants him X, Y, and Z. Because he called out with a genuine and sincere heart. Realize that if Allah SWT allows your tongue to move, then use that. Because he wants to give you. He's not going to let your tongue move with a sincere dua on the tip of it and not give you that is not the lord that is not our lord that is not who we believe in you know so recognize that that you don't have to just you know live with it you can ask for help and he will provide it in one way or another and i think that's something really really important that we just we have to remember when we're talking about this concept of having a beautiful patience i think we always expect for our prayers to be answered in one way and when it's not answered in that way we don't realize the other way that it was answered but when you're calling and asking, you know, for help, you have to realize that again, that doesn't come without action. It's not like you're going to wake up one morning and just feel lighter. And I think you always feel lighter after making dua, like mm-hmm. for sure. But you're not going to just wake up one morning and be like, oh, I'm so much better all of a sudden. No, you know, that doesn't happen just overnight. Yeah. Sometimes the way that Allah will help you take some of that weight off is by allowing you to increase your faith. Because honestly, the more faith you have, like we were talking about, the more equipped you are to handle things. So you're asking Allah for help. You're desperately saying, Allah, I I don't know if I can handle all of this weight. Maybe the way that he answers your prayer and takes some of that weight off is allowing for you to get closer to him. Because then it becomes a lot easier. And so that's just something else as well, is that you have to realize that it's not just about making a dua and then not making any other effort. Mm-hmm. The dua is very important. It should be your first call to action, for sure. It should be very consistent. But again, if you lost your job and you're just praying for a job, but you're not applying to anything, like, are you going to get a job? 
no. Yeah. So. No, I think that's beautiful. And one more thing I want to add, and then we can totally wrap this up because it's getting really, really long. But it's in Surat al-Asr, and it starts off, and he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's starting off with an oath, which emphasizes the vast importance of this. He emphasizes emphasizes like if you look at it linguistically he emphasizes three times and so that means that you know when he says when he says these things when he starts off by an oath and then you know it has the word um regardless what i'm trying to say is he emphasizes on this point so much which means that it's really important the message that's being given and this surah is so short but it goes by the passage of time surely humanity is in a grave loss right those are the first two emphasis and then it says except those who have faith do good and urge each other to truth and urge each other to perseverance. And so this ties back into what we were talking about earlier, which is that mankind is at a state of loss. We're going to lose time. We're going to lose health. We're going to lose provisions. That's granted, except those who have faith. You know, And so he lists all the characteristics, but the fourth one is talking about persevering and, and having this sense of patience with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with what you're going through. And so it, this is a recipe. This is an equation. Having all of these things together, you won't lose. You know, it's a sworn truth and there will be a dawn and you will receive that ultimate success. So I just think that's something else we need to keep in mind when you are, when you are trying to manifest that beautiful patience and being given that gift of beautiful patience. I love that. And yeah. I'm just going to add on two last things. I was like saving it to end yeah. the episode off with. Um, we're talking with a lot about Slavitibus. We're also bringing it back to the Day of Judgment and the mm-hmm. afterlife because, again, like I said, you can't really have one without the other. So in the last like half page of Surat Al-Ankabut, there's two ayahs that I really want to highlight. And um, I guess depending on the Mus'haf that you're reading, it's going to be like the very first ayah on that half page and the very last ayah of the surah. So... Allah tells us, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهُ وَلَعِبُ وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ So Allah, and Allah says this many times in the Qur'an about how this life is nothing but amusement and play. Mm-hmm. But, so, so that, that's common. That's common throughout the Qur'an. But then the next part, Allah says, وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ And a lot of people think of the word hayawan as animal. And that, you know, we also say animal for hayawan. But in this context, Allah is saying, and indeed, the next life is the real life. That's what hayawan means here. It is the real life, if only they knew. The thing is, we know. Mm-hmm. We do know. A lot of us, no matter how practicing we are, we know that there is a day of judgment. We know there is a day we're going to stand in front of Allah, but we lose sight of that a lot. We all do. We all fall short and we lose sight of that and we mess up sometimes. But Allah is saying, if only they knew that this life that we're so attached to is not really the real life, that there is another life that we're living for. And at the end of the ayah, uh, sorry, at the end of the surah, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُّلَنَا وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمَعَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ So Allah says, and for those essentially who struggle and strive, that jihad, right, in our cause, we will surely guide them along that path. Essentially, and Asid brought up, and I, I, meant, I meant to mention this a lot, but um, Asid was basically talking about how when you're when you're seeking that sort of patience, it becomes a lot easier to have it. And it's in the same way, like when we, like Allah only guides the people who are seeking guidance, right? You have to actually work for something instead of just expecting to be handed it on a silver platter, right? When you're actually striving for something, Allah facilitates that for you. So that's something else we have to keep in mind. But Allah says, 
for those who struggle and strive in our cause, we will surely guide them along our way. It's a struggle. Like this life is not just going to be some easy thing. It's You have to struggle in the cause of Allah. And that's when Allah guides you on that path. Because if you want it bad enough and you're seeking it and you're working for it, those are the people that Allah guides. And Allah says, and indeed Allah is with the good doers. So I think just that's a beautiful yeah, way to, to end, end it, it, end it off. Yeah. So thinking about the afterlife, yep. Jannah. Inshallah, you can all be able to be given that gift of having a beautiful patience in this life, so it pays off in the next. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening, and Inshallah, you will hear from us next week. <laughs>